Welcome to Two Songs, One Couple, where a geeky metalhead husband swaps songs with his nerdy country girl wife. Grab a drink, get comfy, and join us on our musical chat. Hello, love. Hello, love. How are you? Doing all right, doing all right. Cool, cool. This was a nice, nice weekend we had that we're wrapping up right now. Yeah, end of the weekend blues. Yeah. Wah, wah. But, uh, since we last recorded, the music world received some pretty sad news. Tina Turner, at the ripe old age of 83, passed away very recently, and the music world lost a big one. Huge legend. Yeah. She was fabulous. She was what the queen of rock and roll is what they called her, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think you can come up with anybody else to compete for that title. Yeah. She she owned that. Hell yeah. Quite deservedly. We've talked about Tina already because we watched the HBO documentary. Or sorry, HBO Max. Oh, no, sorry. Now it's just Max <laughs> documentary called Tina. Just simply called Tina. And uh, it's a very... Very good insight into her into her life and how she came through adversity and how she persevered. She wanted to tell the story her way. I think she did it successfully. Yeah, it was it was a really good good movie. I think it presented, you know, topics that you may have heard of before. Like most people know that she she went through an abusive relationship, right, with mm-hmm. her former husband, I think. Like, right? But mm-hmm. but the documentary showed it in a different light, I think, and a different perspective. At least for me, I know I learned a lot of new things about Tina Turner watching that. Yeah. And it made me appreciate her so much more. So if you if you have some time and you love music and you are interested, check out that documentary on, on Tina Tina Turner. So you can also watch the uh, 1993 biopic, What's Love Got to Do With It, starring Angela Bassett. But I think... It's covered in the documentary. I think Tina was not the biggest fan yeah. of that biopic. Even Angela Bassett has said that she was afraid that Tina Turner hated her or had some adverse feelings against her because of because of the, the movie. But um, I don't believe that's the case. No. Uh, I, I don't think she would hold a grudge against Angela Bassett. Yeah. Maybe against the producers, creators, etc. No, I think I saw something recently that said that Tina actually liked Angela Bassett's portrayal of her. Mm-hmm. I don't think Tina likes to dwell on the really bad parts of her life. Yeah. That's the sense that you get from the the recent documentary anyways. It appears that she doesn't like to be seen as a victim. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the areas that was emphasized in that previous biopic, the 1993 one. Yeah. And I can see, you know, Tina not really liking to dwell on that part of her life. As anyone would feel. They probably wouldn't want to focus on just the negative parts. Yeah. Like the Elvis estate kind of glosses over that bad <laughs> part of his life. But they do it for a different reason. Like, I feel like it seems like Tina is willing to acknowledge that that shit happened. Whereas yeah. the Elvis estate is like, oh, what drugs? That never happened. Yeah. Whereas Tina is willing to acknowledge it. She just doesn't want to talk forever about the same shit. Right, right. Back to the topic at hand. Tina Turner passed away. And she was a huge force in the music industry, huge influence, amazing artist, performer, person, I assume. I mean, we don't know her, obviously, but from what we've seen, she seems to be very nice. Yes. Genuine. Supportive. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, may she rest in power. Yes. She lived to a ripe old age. 
I hope she found happiness in her retirement. I think she did. Yeah. You know, she really deserved it. Good for her for living to a ripe old age and dying with people who she loved surrounding her. Exactly. So rest in power. Okay. On that lovely, uplifting note. (laughs) Let's get to our songs and we will start with you. So this episode is going back to our more typical approach where we just chose some random songs. We don't have a theme for you guys today. (laughs) We don't have any sadness to share with you guys today, thank God. But (laughs) we do have some kind of cool songs. At least I think so. Toot toot. Sleezing and teasing, I'm sitting on them. All of my diamonds are dripping on them. I met them at the bar, it was 12 or something. I ordered two more wines because tonight I want them. A little context if you care to listen. I find myself in a shit position. The man that I love sat me down last night and he told me that it's over. Done decision. And I don't want to feel how my heart is ripping. In fact, I don't want to feel, so I stick to sipping. And I'm out on the town with a simple mission. In my little black dress and the shit is sitting. Just a heartbroken bitch, high heels, six inch in the back of the nightclub, sipping champagne. Trust any of these bitches I'm with in the back of the taxi, sniffing cocaine. Drunk calls, drunk texts, drunk tears, drunk sex. I was looking for a man who was on the same page. Dash back to the intro, back to the bar, to the Bentley, to the hotel, to my old way. Cause I don't wanna feel how I did last night. I don't wanna feel how I did last night. Talk to talk to anything, please. Talk to talk to have mercy on me. Take this pain away. Yours, give me my symptoms, doctor. I don't want to feel. Talk this joint, how I'm blowing this thing. Back to my ways like 2019. So, the song I gave you for this episode is called Escapism by Ray, featuring. 070 shake i I don't know if i'm even saying that right i don't know how to pronounce uh the proper uh pronunciation is it maybe it's 070 it could be 070 070 or just 70 shake 70 shake i I don't know anyways that's the version of the song (laughs) it's off her 2022 my 21st century blues album what did you think oh it's 2022 it's 2022 why did i think it was 2023 I think the song was originally released as a single in 2022, but the album that it's on uh-huh. may be from 2023. All right. <laughs> so what'd you think? So my first impression was like, uh, there's a lot of autotune in this. That's hilarious. I didn't even notice, but yes. Oh no, there's a lot. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, I mean, it's not, it's not like T-Pain level. Or share. I am, yeah, I'm realistic and know that there's... A lot of artists that use autotune, but not in the robotic way. It became a recent trend during the T-Pain era where they just turned the autotune all the way up. They cranked it up so much that it pitch corrected so much that it made a robotic sound. Yeah, which is the one that I appreciate more than the sneaky one that just fixes when singers go out of tune. So you appreciate T-Pain. After learning more about that whole issue and T-Pain's struggles with it, I do appreciate it more and understand his point of view more. But I I must admit, I was super duper judgy and pissed off at him for hiding his voice with Mm -hmm. auto-tune. Yeah. But once I got over that, I listened to the the song and I felt it was just kind of meh, generic poppy, wasn't too into it. But as with this podcast, I listened to it more than once. And I started to get it. It started to make more sense what she was going for. Um, and it grew on me a bit. 
I imagine it's a radio hit, right? Because I don't, I don't yes. really listen to the radio much anymore. So I imagine if I heard this enough on the radio, I'd be like, okay, I like the song. So in a similar <laughs> sense, I forced myself to listen to it several times. I'm like, okay, this is good. I'm surprised you didn't like it right off the bat. I guess, I, you know, I shouldn't be surprised. But when I first heard this song on the radio, it was giving me like Dua Lipa and like Halsey vibes. And you love those two artists. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a little surprised that you... Like, your first gut reaction was, Yeah, this is so much (laughs) auto-tune. Maybe it was that. But I worked my way back. Okay. I worked my way back to it. Tell me why you chose this for me today. Yeah, so part of it goes back to, you know, the fact that when I first heard it, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm digging this. It sounds like Dua Lipa. And I know you liked her a lot. Like, a lot. Like, you grew to like her, like, a lot, a lot. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. even more than me. Mm -hmm. And so... I was like, oh, okay. I'm going to keep this one in my pocket for, you know, an upcoming episode where I can, like, hopefully get a high score. But now you're making me nervous that you're going to shoot it down. Um, But anyways, going back to it. So, like, she's one of the newer artists that uh, is getting some airtime right now on the radio. And so I wanted to to share some interesting, potentially new uh, people for you to listen to. Mm-hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. so she's one of... I think three new artists that I was like, all right, I'm going to keep them in mind for for future episodes. You know, this song in particular, it's got some like trip hoppy elements that I thought you might like. It is longer than three minutes. Yes. (laughs) So I thought you might appreciate that. And she's also, I think, one of the artists that um, we should be watching for some blow up potential, Mm -hmm. right? Like she's gotten a lot of critical acclaim back in Britain where she's from, Mm -hmm. mainly for singles and for like guesting on other people's music mm-hmm. other people's songs and so this is like one of the first singles that hit the u.s market i think mm-hmm. from what i can tell and this is her first like this is her debut album like right. she's had some singles released before this some eps but this is her actual first album okay and so i think she's going to be an up-and-coming artist that we're going to hear some some good shit from um unless she goes to ed sharan and he produces some no. crap for her <laughs> So yeah, that's that's why I, I chose this song and her. Similar to what you just described, like the more I listened to the song, the more I really liked it on the radio. Mm-hmm. Like it started to really become like a nice little jam in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know much about her? Like how she came up or? I know a little bit. Um, Like she she's fairly young. And from what I can tell and from, you know, quick reading Wikipedia, like she... Uh, started in the music industry pretty young, and I think she went to school that focused and helped her learn how to write songs and stuff. Okay. And then she was signed to some record label where she did a whole bunch of those, you know, early works where she guested on other people's stuff. Yeah. And then she switched to a different record label, which then produced this debut album. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's about the extent of my kind of my knowledge of her. So I looked her up real quick too, and her full name is Rachel Agatha Keene. British, like you said, British. I could tell. I could tell right away with like one of the the beginning lyric lines, you'd hear her accent. Yeah, and that kind of speaks to the music itself and how does her style. But I'll get to that. Yeah, like you said, she used to be on this label, Polydor or Polydor. She had a very pretty bad falling out with them. Actually, it was not just simply switching labels. I think she was trying to write, record her debut album with them, and she had a lot of struggle. Getting that release. So she's like, peace. I'm going out on my own and doing something else. Which seems like a, a good move on her part, right? Because this record seemed to be doing really, really well. And this is what shot her over, at least to the US, right? 
Yeah, and she is a songwriter that has written for other people. Like I don't, I don't know who, but kind of makes sense because like the, this kind of song, I feel like someone else can do. Some other pop star can sing and perform this song, and it would work. Uh, so, like you said, if maybe yeah. Dua, Dua Lipa took this and adapted it to what her style is, and I think she could pull it off, or you say Halsey even. I mean, it is a bit of a generic song. Yeah, yeah that that's very true. I know she she wrote for uh, she wrote a song that made it on Beyonce's recent album, mm-hmm, uh, but mm-hmm. I don't I'm not familiar with that song. Yeah, yeah. I also say her style of music makes her accent apparent because. Her kind of vocal style, at least for this song anyway, is a mixture of rap and singing. Yeah. So it's got, it's very rhythmic like rap would be, mm-hmm. but there's notes to it. And so when she does the talky parts, accent comes out full force. Yeah. Well, even when she sings the doctor, doctor part, I'm like, yes. Yeah. British. Doctor, doctor. <laughs> and uh, she has, uh, like we mentioned, 070 Shake or 70 Shake. <laughs> which is a American rapper and singer as a guest. It's kind of a small inconsequential part that yeah, doesn't really seem necessary to have her as a guest. Agreed. Yeah. Like the voice is similar. It also has that auto tune shit on it. Yeah. Um, and nobody like, else. Why are you there? Nobody fucking knows who that is. Yeah. <laughs> so it's also not, it's not really bringing much to the song in terms of like other fandom either. Right. Yeah. 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 You expect the guest part to be feature an entire verse or to weave that artist throughout your song. This was just a yeah. tiny, maybe like four bar little yeah. breakdown piece that Yeah. And I don't even Ray know could have done. Yeah, I don't even know if that is in the, the radio edit, quite frankly. Oh really? Yeah. The radio edit oh. is definitely three minutes long. Okay. <laughs> and I don't think there's as much of the like end rapping yeah. as there was on this I guess the single. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, there's nothing against 70 Shake, 070 Shake. I mean, that doesn't tell me really much about what she can do. Maybe Ray and company not really featuring featuring her in the right way. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's just, it's not highlighting 070 Shake at all. Yeah. It is hard to differentiate between 070 Shake and Ray. So, you know, in multiple ways, I don't think that was the best collaboration. Yeah, or, it wasn't. Or yeah. guest starring. It, it wasn't yeah. that successful, but. No, no. Um, okay, so yeah, going back to the music part of it, it opens with an electronic wee-woo, wee-woo, like a, a <laughs> siren sort of thing. And then, like you said, a trip-hop beat comes in that reminds me of this one other song. It's kind of like you're in a trendy hotel and you're, you're in a very modern, trendy hotel, and it's the music that's playing in the lobby. But there's a song that has a similar beat, and there's a bunch of, like, French whispering over it. <laughs> and it goes, dun 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 je suis, je suis. <laughs> boom, 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 Can't name that song, though. Hilarious. You should sing that in the Shazam and see what comes <laughs> out. <laughs> but there's also realistic sounding instruments i don't know if they're actual real real instruments but like there's piano in there too and some strings especially towards the end yeah i can see where they would make cuts for the radio edit because the end of this version seems a little odd because there's the main the main tune verse chorus whatever verse chorus it's breakdown and then the ending that doesn't it sounds like a new idea almost yeah and it doesn't go anywhere Mm -hmm. but uh when i was looking at her trying to read up on her 
and her headspace for this album in particular. She has said that she wanted to focus less on singles and more on an album experience, which makes me believe that it's supposed to lead into something oh. to the next song. But yeah, since, since just a single song, I don't know. That's an interesting idea to to listen and figure out. Yeah. We should. Uh, you need to listen to the album now. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I makes me want to listen to it at least once. See, Yay! to see where that goes. Yeah, lyrically the themes are pretty straightforward uh she suffered heartbreak and she was devastated and hurt and now wants to go party drink drugs sex to forget about the breakup yeah and that's that's about it yeah it's you know it's that generic whole like i'm heartbroken so now i need to like numb my emotional pain with unhealthy mechanisms Mm -hmm. (laughs) right so you know that's not a new trope it's fine but what i liked about it was that it's just I really liked the beat. I really like um, how some of the lyrics just kind of reach out and snatch you, right? Mm -hmm. Like the whole doctor, doctor, I don't want to feel. There's a phrase, I got a new man on me and it's about to get sweaty. I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I just really liked that. So it's like, yes, you know, the theme is highly overused. Mm -hmm. I think it fits this song and it's, it's kind of, kind of nice yeah it's i'm not saying it's terrible or anything uh the lyrical content but it's you know there's not huge yeah deep philosophical things to to break down here maybe, no. maybe i'm wrong but no you're right um yeah so some lyrics that i enjoyed is uh i'm already acting like a dick you know what i mean so you might as well stick it in <laughs> although she does rhyme in with in so. the whole the whole phrase there's two ends at the end. Okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever. And then um, the outro of the song that the line I liked was, I left everyone I love on red, spilling secrets to the stranger in my bed. So she is confiding in complete strangers yeah. versus the people that she's close to. Yeah. Maybe because she doesn't want to deal with real life. Maybe because she feels like people in her own life may judge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason so it's safer to just tell your secrets to this rando they, they don't know anybody yeah. and you're never gonna circle, see that you know, person yeah, again yeah exactly so it's yeah. just you can just sound off and it'll likely disappear from your life you know yeah i agree i agree and the four four kick drum pounding in my head that's okay <laughs> what a nerd i just what loved, a band nerd i loved how like some of the the british lingo was apparent in the lyrics like who says on red in america I don't know anybody who says on red. It's unread, right? It's unread, yeah. right? Like, we're not reading it. We're unreading it, right? And then also, like, the kick drum. Like, who who calls it a kick drum? I don't call it a kick drum. I've True. never heard you call it a kick drum. Right. It's always the bass drum, yeah. right? And so it's, like, stuff like that where I'm like, yeah, British, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's a 1916 kick drum that plays in my head. Oh, my God, nerd. Four four, a little basic Ray. Oh okay. my God! Stop Can it. you maybe try another time signature? <laughs> All right, nerd. Out of five crazy time signatures, what are you gonna rank this song? Hmm. I think I'll give it a four four out of five four. Oh my God! Fuck you! <laughs> so much math. Four four out of five four. So it's four out of five. Four four out of five four. <laughs> Um, when I initially heard it, I'm like, this is a two at best. And then 
I actually listened past all the electronic bloop bloop dialing, which uh, you love. <laughs> I, no, I'm not talking about the electronic music, but the auto tune part. The, oh, the, uh, the, okay. What do you call it? The the production on it. Oh, got more it. so than the music. The electronic part, music part, good. It's fine. I'm fine with it. Cool with it. Yeah, it's good. Um, but <laughs> the whole auto tune thing, just like, uh. But then I worked past it and listened to the tune, listened to what she was doing, listened to how she was rapping and singing at the same time, like blending the two styles. I really dug that trip hop beat, the potential of it being a part of a bigger picture, the potential of the album being a cohesive flowing experience. I hope what she said is true and that is the case and I may even bump it up even more if I hear where it belongs in the bigger picture and if it makes sense. Wow. So just to be clear, you may bump it up from a 4 out of 5 to a 5 out of 5. It could be a 4-4 four, four out of 5-4. Stop saying that. Or it could that. be uh, a 5-8 out of 5-4. Stop it. We'll see. Pending. Pending. But it's, uh, it's not bad. It's not a bad tune. and Yay. Pretty smart, too, to uh, to use that sound, that wee-woo sound in the beginning, because we were out eating at a restaurant. <laughs> I just heard wee-woo in the background. I'm like, there's that song. Yeah. So it, it's pretty recognizable, even even in a uh, a low volume in a restaurant setting. Yeah. So pretty yeah. smart. You heard it way before I did. Yeah. Yay. Yay. I did. Good job. 4-4 four, four out of 5-4 out of 5-8 out of 16-19. That's not a real one. That last one's fake. You're fired. <laughs> All right. What do you got for me? Okay. song i have for you today is 1985 by haken from their 2016 album affinity what'd you think so <laughs> oh i have Uh-oh. a lot of interesting oh, notes oh no i scare <laughs> don't be scared it's just you're gonna have to follow me along my stream of consciousness okay. I think there's roller coaster at least one pew pew in here <laughs> let's go let's do it yes so <laughs> overall I like this song. Let me just preface it with that. Overall, okay. I like the song. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a whole lot of different parts to the song. Oh, yeah. And then somewhere in the middle, I zone out, and then it brings me back. <laughs> <laughs> Probably zone out during the best part. Eh, 
<laughs> or maybe okay, no, arguable. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, which I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure I know which <laughs> portion you're talking about. Continue. Thank you. Okay, so it starts off with like ping pings of Sting and the police, right? It's uh-huh. got those like synth vibes and intro guitar rhythms mm-hmm. that are you know from like the Roxanne era of the police, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it starts with that, and then it it moves into like super quick pineapple express vibes mm-hmm. and then into phil collins electronic drum yes electronic drums and synth keyboard phil collins ish yeah, stuff yeah and that's all within the first minute and a half mm-hmm. of the song yeah yep a lot has happened already <laughs> right yep then you go into the vocals and the vocals kick in and the song kind of settles into this Flower Kings and King Crimson vibe mm-hmm. that I really dig. Like mm-hmm. I, I dig that part. You have harmonies, you have um, like interweaving melodies coming in and then the song continues to morph throughout mm-hmm. um, and about four minutes in you get some nice tool shit breakdown, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's yeah. like tool fans will get this. There's like a oft repeated breakdown in tool songs where it like the song builds and then it it drops down into like a drum solo so there's a similar one here that's like that and then it has like some guitars that interweave over that drum focused section okay <laughs> i'm struggling with words right now to describe this song so bear with me no problem. i'm doing the best i can to like reference what i'm talking about other than just making mouth noises <laughs> <laughs> no you're doing fine I'm sure everyone understands 100%. No worries. No worries. Um, And then it builds into this crescendo. And then it breaks back into the goddamn police synth, right? Like Now we're back to like that kind of 80s sting Mm -hmm. police vibe, right? Yeah. And then the last two minutes, I think the song really gels again Mm -hmm. for a more cohesive song. And those stacked harmonies come back in. And then I really like the end of the song where there's a deep low notes and the singer is like coming in with those staccato kind of almost wrapped verses that's also very tooly where it's like uh, i don't want to make more mouth mouth noises no do it (laughs) do it well with tool it's like wear the grudge like a crown negativity Uh dun 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 you will Uh will not it's like that it's similar where like you're not quite rapping but you're not quite singing but you are doing something in rhythm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm really struggling here. Help me explain this better. <laughs> I... No, you're doing fine. Ugh, you're the worst. And then, like, it ends, right? And so the part that I get lost and I, like, fade out is in, like, the latter end of the middle. So the beginning, I'm like, what the fuck? And then it goes into cool King Crimson-ish stuff. And I'm like, all right, I could dig this. And then I lose interest. <laughs> Is it the part where uh, it's it's kind of, it's it's the low part and he sings like a robot sort of, like singular notes, like step by step. No, that part I like. By bim. Okay. That So it's is right that, before that, the, that part. What is before that part? Exactly. <laughs> Lifting frame by frame. I think the song gets into a rhythm where I'm just like, all right, this is more of the same. And I zone out. And then it does what you just did with your mouth and your tongue. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you're getting. And then so it brings me back. Interest by the second verse? Probably. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I can listen to it again to. No, it's okay. To, but the, I get a little bit lost in there. And then it brings me back with that, um, like, drum fill. 
and then that like lower speaking almost part. Uh huh. Right? Is that and, the tooly part you're talking about? Yeah, that's the yeah, tooly okay. part. Okay. Why, why did my explanation not okay. make sense? I just wanted to make sure I was in the right spot because I'm like. <laughs> Then you said, then you said it brings it back, and then there's the '80s vibe again, and then there's a Thule part. I'm like, oh, there's a Thule part at the end, jumping around. There's so in multiple, the sequence, multiple Thule parts. In the sequence in my head, I'm like, oh, I don't remember the Thule part at the end. That's the Thule part at the end. The Thule part in the beginning was more of a there weren't vocals over it. It oh. was just drums, um, and then like a guitar, like. <laughs> 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 but then the other thing is like the Danny Carey tool drum shit that he likes to do where oftentimes there's a I, it's hard to call it a drum solo because it's not really a solo mm-hmm. but it's like they're highlighting the drums and then slowly bringing in the guitar over top of the drums mm-hmm. so it's not like a fancy schmancy drum solo where like yeah drum solo right instead it's more like low down drumming noises <laughs> okay drumming noises <laughs> I know music, guys. Okay, low down drumming noises. Okay, okay. <laughs> this song is really hard for me to explain, and I don't know why, but I'm trying so hard. No, you're doing great. You're doing great. Continue. No, that is it. Okay, the end. <laughs> Successfully described. Okay. Well, I do have a question, though. Yes. So, 1985 is the name of the song. Yeah. And it does sound very 80s to me. Is that the connection there? Or is there something more to that date that or that year that this is supposed to like be calling back to? No, that's intentional. It's just a year in the 80s. I don't know why they chose 1985 in particular. I tried to figure that out myself when the song came out. 1985, a banner year for something? <laughs> because another metal band, completely independent, they're from uh, Norwegian. Oh, I think I know. Um, they're called Kvelatak. Oh, never mind. I don't know. <laughs> They called Kvela Tak and they released a song called 1985 as well. So I'm like, why is this a a banner year? And then there's another artist that released a song in 1985 that I don't remember at this moment. But I remember like there's three different artists that chose this year for some reason. Maybe it was an album title even. So I don't know what the significance of 85 is specifically, but I think it's less important. Less important of a detail. It's more important that it's in the 80s. Yeah. Because it's very 80s. Oh, yeah. Most of the bands that I reference, like The Police, Flower Kings, King Crimson, they were all really big in Phil Collins. Yeah. We're all really big in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Uh, The only one that wasn't, I would say, was Tool. Flower Kings are also somewhat more modern, but their their whole basis of their sound is 80s prog. Oh, I knew that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's how... how they tricked you into thinking they were from the 80s, but I think they were a little little later. That's some trickery like there. After Yes, after Genesis, after uh, Pink Floyd, etc. And after King Crimson, after all those bands, Flower Kings. Okay, so that makes sense with the name then, 1985 and the total vibe. I think I, kn- I know some other Haken songs. Yeah. They're not this. No, this is... <laughs> they are, but they aren't. Like Yeah. Yeah, the vast majority of other songs doesn't have these pew-pew 80s sounds. Yeah. And it, it's just part of this song yeah. in particular. But yeah. I say it is Haken because they fuse a lot of different styles. Yeah, I can see that. And yeah. like the harmonies and you know some of the melodies were very similar mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to other Haken songs. So yeah. I, I totally got that it was Haken, but I was like surprised by like the Phil Collins drums. Yeah, <laughs> like the, yeah that's unique for this. Yeah. Yep. Although I do, I love me a Phil Collins drum breakdown. 
right? Like that everyone is, knows it. Ah, oh, that it just like hits you straight to the core, and you're like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> One of the simplest drum beats, an electronic sound. Yeah. So iconic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Future Peter entered the Phil Collins drum song here. <laughs> uh, we can just do it with our mouths. We've already done it with our mouths. Okay. Why do we need it? Well, I did it with Everyone my mouth. Everyone knows now it. Now you do it with I'll your mouth. I'll do it with my ass. Mm. <laughs> it's much harder than I thought. <laughs> okay. So Haken, they are an English prog rock, prog metal band. Oh, British. British, yeah. Oh, right. We have a th- an unbeknownst theme today. Yeah, we're featuring Britland. <laughs> the Britland music in it. Water bottle in it. Oh, that's quite interesting. Oh, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> it's formed by... Uh, <laughs> the band is formed by Richard Henshaw, who's kind of the heart of the band. He's the he's a guitarist. And I think he's the primary songwriter. Ross Jennings, the vocalist. Raymond Hearn on the drums and... <laughs> Why'd you go ew? I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. <laughs> Raymond Hearn, Raymond Hearn. And then you went ew. <laughs> no, I went ew because I wasn't sure if I pronounced it correctly. Oh, I and heard I it, it again. as if you did not like him. <laughs> no, no, no. He's great. He's fantastic. Then a couple other members. Who cares? And then uh, <laughs> second rhythm guitarist, <laughs> bass guitar, <laughs> meh, keyboards. Eh. Yeah, fuck those keyboard <laughs> button pushers. Anyway, et all. <laughs> okay. And others. <laughs> and I chose this song at this time because a couple of reasons. Number one, I went to a concert recently and it was Haken with Arch Echo opening. It's a fantastic show. They played as many epics as they could squeeze into just under two hours. Uh, they didn't play this song, this tour, but they probably didn't play it because just for this song, actually maybe maybe a very small handful of songs, drummer would have to pack that electric drum pad thing he actually plays it live it isn't just like a button uh yeah and there's no one hitting the the space bar he's actually playing do 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 i've seen it performed (laughs) but yeah under two hours they played about as many epics as possible and if it's not clear what that is epics would include any song probably over seven minutes maybe (laughs) so they played a lot of their long ass songs which is great Except for one that I wanted to hear. But it's okay. Because they played it last <laughs> tour cycle and it's 20 minutes. I understand that they didn't want to play it this time. <laughs> 20 minutes would have taken, if it's 120 minutes. For the audience, Peter was trying to calculate the percent of the overall concert that 20 minutes would have been. He's still doing it. One sixth, right? It would be one sixth of the time. Uh, <laughs> stop. Anyway, so that's the first reason why I chose them. And, and you know, I would mention to people like, or people would ask, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm like, I'm going to a concert. And they're like, oh, who? I'm like, Haken. They're like, ew, cool. <laughs> Have fun. It's like they don't know who it is. And so I wanted to feature them today to give them a little more publicity to the literally tens of listeners <laughs> of this podcast. Hey, that's tens more people that potentially could become Haken fans. That's true. If we reach one person. Yeah. Even if one person just gives them a shot and doesn't like them, that's okay. That's yeah. at least someone tried. Yeah. I like Hagen. And I, you know, everybody knows where I stand on a lot of very long songs. <laughs> yeah. And prog metal in general. Yeah. Right? Yep. But I think uh, Hagen have uh, taken the torch from Dream Theater as far as like, you know, modern prog. Like Dream Theater is old hat now. 
they're kind of stagnant and they haven't really done anything really new with their sound. And I feel like Haken is still in the same vein where it's still a very technical. Their songwriting is strong, their musicianship is strong, and also their melodies are good and memorable, which is like a tough, very tough line to walk. Because you can write technical songs all day and it could just sound like What's the name? <laughs> Gobbledygook. It just sounds exactly like what it is. It's very technical. It's it's yeah. hard. Sometimes it's hard to connect with a very technical song, right? Yeah. Because yeah. there's still that emotional element that needs to be connected to. Yeah. And there's still that like there's something to be said about a repetitive element. Like the whole song doesn't have to be repetitive, but some purposeful repetitive elements help people better connect to a song, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're just focusing on the technicalities, you could totally forget about those other things that really help people like and connect to the song. Yeah. I must say, I am quite shocked at your very honest review of Dream Theater. Like, I appreciate that because I I agree with everything that you just said. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I don't think I could have said it as well as you said it. And yeah. I think that's a very true critique coming from a true fan. Yeah, I still love them. And they're still my favorite band for several reasons. Yeah. But I listen to them less and less as, as time goes on. Yeah. But it doesn't mean I don't love them because they opened a huge door yeah. musically to me. And I'll never forget that. So even if I don't listen to them all the time now, I can still go back and listen to the old shit and be like, this, this shit was great. Yeah. And I can still remember that, okay, it opened me up to a range of, bands bands that were influenced by them or vice no sorry the other way the bands that they were influenced by i went back to listen to them and then i branched out and i kept going in all these different directions musically oh yeah i'll never forget that but you know musically they're they're kind of stale they've reached the ripe old age of uh let's just do the safe thing yeah even though it's still technically tough it's challenging it's musicianship is still high I feel like they haven't evolved in a way or progressed in a way that yeah that I vibe with, and that's okay. Yeah, does I don't have to. Yeah, and I feel like it's safe in the the fact that like they know that their listeners like this. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. But it's still extremely hard, like you just mentioned, in all those other ways. It's just safe because they're not they're not really changing their sound. But I definitely see like how much they have influenced your like musical taste yeah okay let's bring it back to haken when i first got into haken i i kind of struggled to pin down what kind of sound they were exactly and that's kind of because they were just a big mixture of other bands so i'm like where's the identity here and i feel like as time has gone on they figured out what that is and made everything more cohesive versus like it's a piece of the flower kings it's a piece of periphery it's a piece of mashuga a piece of dream theater all scattered about and i think as time has gone on they've uh weaved their sound together a little better a little more seamlessly to make it more cohesive and make it more of what they actually are what their identity is i think affinity at this album in particular is that first step but yeah and and the reason why i chose this song it was still long enough to be kind of an epic but not quite it's not as long as their longest epics but it was short enough (laughs) That I wouldn't piss you off, you know? <laughs> that it's just the right amount of time, maybe. But still um, long enough for me to zone out. Still long enough, yeah. <laughs> still long enough to be kind of an epic. Because epics are such a big part of what they do. 
But that's not all they do. So there yeah. is catchy elements to their music too. Oh, definitely. Um, even with a 20-minute song, there's still that, what you said, the repeated element, the chorus, something that brings you back to everything. You know, there's huge, long, sprawling sections where you forget the chorus and they're like, hey, here's this thing again. <laughs> Remember me? Yep. <laughs> and so I felt this song was kind of perfect to represent their mixture of styles, to represent what you may get with their epics, but also it has very catchy elements too. Um, do any lyrics stand out to you? Frame by frame. Okay. <laughs> so because it's a King Crimson song? Possibly. And also they say it a lot. Mm-hmm. There's that whole vocal breakdown that I caught, but it's all that I am, blood, flesh, and bone, love, trust, and hope, step by step, all roads lead home, shifting frame by frame. Mm -hmm. It first keyed me into this because I was like, love, trust, and hope. That sounds like a sign I would like to have (laughs) hanging on my wall. (laughs) Oh, that progressive insurance guy would would, uh, stop you from becoming your parents if you hung that up, dude. (laughs) Oh, 100%. Um, and so I was like, I need to listen to that more. And then thankfully they repeated it. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it just kind of like gave me the sense that, you know, the song is kind of about like what makes a person. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's kind of like discovering what you are and like all the different components of mm-hmm. a person. Mm-hmm. That's about as much as I was able to gather. That's that's uh, you're on the right track. But it's not a person. Oh, is it a machine? Yeah. It's like an AI. <gasps> oh, no. This is like some Terminator shit. Terminator, War Games, whatever. Like, oh. There's a big theme in the 80s, a big theme on, on the oh, sci-fi uh, yeah. movies in the 80s. And it's relevant to today because open AI and a lot of AI-generated yeah. uh, Arts generated music, AI generated <laughs> words, Which, everything. Can is I just say huge right now? Yeah, but and sorry to interrupt you, but I'm totally gonna interrupt you. No problem. <laughs> can I just say that, like, when I was envisioning AI and robots, I did not envision them making art for me. I envisioned them doing shit like my chores for me. <laughs> like, can we please go and focus on that? Like, more Roombas, yeah. less artsy, scary AI fuckers. Yeah, I envisioned the Jetsons. Uh, yes. Was it, was it Rosie? <laughs> yes. The, the robots, the maid robots doing, you know, doing all the things around the house that we don't want to do. Yeah, like the shit things. I would like to do some art, guys. I yeah. would like to paint <laughs> and come up with poetry. Yeah. I don't want to clean my toilet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's relevant to today. But like the lyrical lines that you, you pulled out, he's intentionally singing like a robot. Oh, yeah. Step by step very monotone very single note yeah and then there's there's the the section right after that where there's like this crescendo where it builds yeah where it goes break the code find your soul control you know he's starting to build and build and it's it sounds like it's it's the part of the ai that's starting to become aware and break out of Mm. this code and this cycle of just programming becoming aware that, wow. Yeah. That's way deeper than so, what I thought yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. There's there's layers of, of the music that go along with the lyrics. He also brings up the cycle starting again. It's probably a matter of just someone going, reboot. <laughs> and then the AI becomes starts where it, it, it began. And he's like, damn it. And so I imagine, yeah, I imagine the breaking out part is the AI going nuts. Like, oh, I'm aware. And I'm then there's free. A, there's a uh, whole musical interlude. And then... 
it brings it back to the chorus in the beginning of the song. So the song kind of ends how it starts. So yeah. I think it's just, it's a cycle. Yeah. It's one big cycle. And so it's like somebody's like, nope, you can't murder people anymore. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Time to go back painting. Mm-hmm. Because we're the idiots that created a robot to paint something. Thank you very much. <laughs> Have you seen Have you seen the AI generated pizza commercial? No. I'll show it to you afterwards. It's it's creepy. It's the uncanny valley phenomenon, where it looks close enough to the real thing, but off just enough to be creepy. <laughs> nice. Because like we can watch cartoons. Yeah. And humans being displayed in cartoon form, it's fine. It's far yes. far enough removed from reality. Yeah. But you get something like the movie Megan. Yeah. Where she looks humanish, but like slightly no, off, just off to creep you out. Yeah, that's the AI generated commercial. Yeah, it's great. Oh it's my hilarious, god. but also like, oh my god. <laughs> I just keep remembering the poetry that the AI created. That just sounds like a serial killer, and you're just like, what the fuck are we fucking with, guys? Can we can we stop the Tom fuckery? And then there's a, uh, I think Microsoft tried to deploy an AI to Twitter. And it would learn from people tweeting at it. Oh, yeah. The hate speeches. And then it got taught a lot of racist shit and the oh. bot became racist. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, why, guys? Why? But anyway. <laughs> How did um, we get to this? <laughs> I don't know. Back to the song. It's a very 80s centric song musically and lyrically and also still has some relevance today. It's written in 20, you know, written and recorded around 2016 not too long ago but still relevant because the ai stuff is uh yeah. all the ai programs are pretty fresh and new at least when it comes to being released to the public i'm sure these things existed for some time now oh yeah um but now we're seeing it in a brighter light and it's just changing things i don't know for the better or worse but it's changing things and it's kind of like one of those things where either you try to ignore it and try to sweep it under the rug and try to you know just be resistant to it or you roll with the punches jobs are going to change in some way they may not i don't see it replacing a shit ton of jobs it may replace some but it also may evolve some jobs too not i don't know if this is a great example but file sharing and napster was uh, a you know a big thing in the news it's like all the labels were were resistant to it yeah versus rolling with the punches and they, they waited a little too long to try and yeah you know work with it rather than against <laughs> it and so you know as a result it, it ended up bad for some bands and labels etc they didn't just wait too long they were assholes about the whole thing quite yeah, frankly yeah. <laughs> like suing your customers is never a great idea that's never like a you know a plus publicity stunt mm-mm, you know what i mean mm-mm. it's kind of like a gigantor fuck you yeah so like that particular instance yeah it's just poorly decided but yeah yeah, i think anytime you have new technology it's always kind of we have to wait to see unfortunately how it gets used and you know hope that we have some control mechanisms in place (laughs) to rein things in and hopefully we have some watchdogs that are watching it in the case that we don't have those control mechanisms that hopefully we can jump on it before it destroys all of humanity. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can name several pieces of technology in history that it just keeps happening. You know, like even newspapers yeah. were at one time themed as, oh, that's garbage media. Yeah. And then TV, you know, yeah. TV came out. It's like, that's what's going to rot your brain. It yeah. just so on and so forth. The internet, 
invention of the internet or the in yeah not just the invention of it but the distribution of it worldwide yeah and then that you know people were resistant to that that was a huge game changer yeah huge robots uh assembling cars you yep. name it yep. uh technology evolves and either we do something to roll with it or we be resistant to it and get kind of get left behind yeah oh 100 percent. yeah yep but hopefully we don't destroy everything let's not do that uh <laughs> this planet is kind of nice i would like to keep it right um i don't want to have to like assemble all the infinity stones and snap half of the people <laughs> half of the living beings off of the the world to save it so yeah. let's not get to that point oh man our references are getting nerdier and nerdier <laughs> what do you mean we've always we've always done mcu references okay so out of five how would you rate 1985? I'm going to rate it four out of five. I can feel it coming on your face tonight. Oh, on your face. Four to five. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, kind of what I expected. I yeah. didn't expect a perfect five. The song is a little long for your tastes. But I know you've heard this song before. I gave it to you, right? At some point. I'm sure I have. Okay. I don't, I didn't quite remember it. Oh, um, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. But I do, I do like Haken in general, right? Okay, yeah. Um, and so I really like their sound. The zoning out part is the part where I'm like, meh. <laughs> I can't give it a five if I'm fucking zoning out in part of the song. That's true. You know? A lot of their songs are very long and. It is hard to hold someone's attention for that long, which is why pop songs are the way they are. People are like, pew, 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 I have so many distractions. So here's a three-minute bite-sized morsel for you. And even that's too long. Yeah, even that is getting shorter and yeah, shorter. Yeah, yeah, it's a little crazy. But yeah, it's it's a good tune. And I really like Haken as band. So yeah, yeah four to five. Awesome. But I want to, to, to special mention Raymond Hearn, the drummer, who's a very underrated drummer. No one really talks about him when they talk about like, Top drummers out there, or top drummers even in prog metal, it's always mm-hmm. Mike Portnoy, mm-hmm. it's always Gavin Harrison, Danny who are Carey. great, by the way, Danny Carey. All excellent players, but I feel like Raymond gets a little bit of the shaft. He's really good, really, really good. Ross Jennings, the vocalist, mm-hmm. he doesn't do very much vibrato, if any at all. No. No vibrato, which is, as we discussed, is difficult to do. Yep. Especially when you're hitting high notes, yes. you have nothing to hide behind. You got to hit the note or nothing else. Yep. In tune or out of tune. And he, he nails it live. Nice. He can also do screamy vocals, which he rarely ever does. But there's a part in the song Affinity, which is like a 15-minute tune that has a guest from another band who does growled vocals. And when they're live, they don't have the guest vocalist. So he just does them. Ah. And it sounds good. They're all great musicians. Check out Haken. Very worth your time. 10 out of 10 would recommend. (laughs) Please listen to them. They are fantastic. They deserve more press. There you go. All right. All right. We're all done here. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you for listening to Two Songs, One Couple. If you like what you hear and you want more, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, twosongsonecouple.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you very much. Bye.
Drum roll, please. <laughs> Escapism by Ray. Okay, you can end. end, end. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. What you got? What you got? What you got? That was the best intro ever. I can feel it going in your ass tonight. Oh, Lord. Okay, see you. Bye.